0: We're taking a peek into geek culture and sharing our top 10 fandom favorites. Let Your Geek Sideshow presents Geek Culture Countdown. Hey guys, this is Kitty. And this is Susan. And welcome back to the Geek Culture Countdown. So this week, we're counting down our top 10 Star Wars background aliens. And... Just so you know, these are our background aliens because some of them,
1: we actually went through like a very big discussion process that annoyed a lot of people around us about (laughs) – We take this very seriously. We do. We take this almost – I mean, there's no such thing. Star Wars is a very serious matter. So (laughs) these are some background aliens, though like a lot of them have taken, you know, a little bit of the foreground because
0: we do know their names and who they all are, but we also might not know how to pronounce all their names, oh, yeah, there's so that we'll sure do our too. best. But yeah, dedicated Star Wars fans may recognize a lot of these faces from iconic scenes that they've featured in the background of, and some of you may even recognize the crazy names. Um, but a lot of these characters, you kind of have to do a little bit of digging to find out more about, so we're going to Some more do... than others. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and with the comics and the books that are now coming out around um, the the newer Star Wars, Star Wars galaxy, um, there's been some help with that. So we're going to present to you our ten, um, our top 10 Star Wars background aliens. Woohoo. We're bringing these notable characters from the background to the foreground. Yay. So without further ado, um, for number 10, I picked one that's very hard to pronounce. So yeah. bear let's, with let's, me. Let's do this. For a moment. Number 10 on our list is... Cardu Sai Malak. I think that's how you say that. He's a Dev, Devaronian male um, who you can see in the Mos Eisley Cantina, also known as, oh, it's called Chalman's Chow, uh, Cantina. There we go. It's in another character's she, she's bio. Very, she's very, like, extensive there's, notes. There's so many names. Um, yes. Yeah, so Cardu Sai Malak. Um, you might recognize him because he kind of looks like a devil. He's got a bald head, kind of a red complexion and very big horns. So he was kind of a spy on in the cantina. His his backstory that has been created was that he was a spy from Devaron Dev Devaron. Yes, mm-hmm. Devaron is his planet. Um, but he wasn't a good spy. The the background material specifies that he was not a good spy. Um, And he was featured, yeah, this guy's really bad at his job. So from that, that one flash that you see of him in the cantina, just know that he's, he's like, really bad at his job. To be
1: fair, he I always thought he looked the drunkest in the cantina because he's kind of like <laughs> laughing and he's like looking side-eyed back and forth. Like, ha, ha, ha. like I just had another shot. Shots! He seemed like a shots guy.
0: So he probably got a little drunk and like spilled all his spy information. probably, uh, Which is highly unfortunate. But uh, he was actually featured in... An anthology they put out recently to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. There were 40 different stories, uh, and this book was called From a Certain Point of View. So, Cardu Sai Malak features in a few of those stories.
1: That's really cool.
0: Where I think we learn he's a bad spy. Oh, nice.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) interestingly enough, uh, number nine is also a spy who is also found on Tatooine, but he was... Uh, known as the greatest spy in Mos Eisley spaceport.
0: Ooh, so there's some competition going I know. Here. So
1: really, maybe he saw this guy and was like, mm, you know what? Garen Dan's here. So like, do I really have to spy? This guy kind of has it. So <laughs> uh, number nine is Garen Dan, who uh, sometimes is also called Long Snoot, but that's like <laughs> not really,
0: I think that's before he was officially named. A lot of people called him that. Yeah. A lot of these guys had names that weren't really their names until yeah. later on.
1: Um so he was a Kubaz who was in Mos Eisley spaceport. Uh you most you mostly see him talking to the stormtrooper and giving away the position of the Millennium Falcon and mm. Luke and Obi-Wan and Han and those guys. So um his name translates to the blessed one or burnt wood. Uh dust from windstorm, ugly and toast in five different languages. So <laughs> Garindan I guess is like a really common word that exists in a whole bunch of languages in the- the star wars universe so that's a pretty cool um pretty cool thing so most uh people like in power thought of him as like a priceless spy because he had the information that nobody else had wow. so he was an informant for like jabba and it was a pretty big deal to have him on your side Ooh. so number nine is garindan
0: all right, number eight is another character whose name I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce. I've always said Kabe, but it could also be Cabe. Um, and I've always said Cabe, just because I thought it was, like, cool-sounding. <laughs> Cabe, what up, Cabe? So for our, for our purposes, I'll just call her Cabe. Cabe was a female Chadrafon alien who was also uh, a frequent patron of Chalman's Cantina in Mos Eisley. Um, she had, she's the alien that looks like a little bat or like a rodent, um, kind of with an orange and white vest on large ears and a flat nose. Um, she was also in the cantina the day that Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker showed up mm-hmm. looking for a pilot to take them to Alderaan. And she is also featured in several stories in the From a Certain Point of View anthology. So it's it's really cool to see that the cantina actually gets a lot more history to it in this new 40th, uh, 40th anniversary anthology.
1: That's really cool because... Um, That's always one of those points of mystery where you just realize, like, that's a spaceport. It's a bar in a spaceport. Like, how many lives intersected right here?
0: How many people were having a normal day until a former Jedi knight walked in and started slicing some arms off? Right.
1: (laughs) And how many people just were, like, you know, trying to stay under wraps, but then they get recruited to, like, a higher cause? Right. So there's just, like, so many different things. So it's really cool that they focused on that in that particular
0: anthology. Yeah. So when you see the tiny little... Bat-alien, that is Cabe or Cabe uh, in the spaceport.
1: Wow. Okay, so our next alien, number seven, is an alien who is actually a fake name. So this is, um, this is Max Rebo of the Max Rebo band. <laughs> and Max Rebo is actually a fake name. It's a stage name for the alien. And again, oh my gosh, this pronunciation is insane. Suruulian Fantiel because he's a blue elephant cerulean oh bl- uh-huh, uh-huh, that's uh-huh, funny uh-huh Cerulean, <laughs> but it's spelled like like there's two u's and oh. you are supposed to pronounce both of them so it's like cerulean <laughs> <laughs> fantiel I love anyway. how
0: these guys get named
1: Yes. So he's an Ortolan keyboardist and the leader of the Max Rebo Band. You see him most prominently in Return of the Jedi in Jabba's palace in that whole sequence. And something that's interesting is because of the species that Cerulean um, is – the uh, Ortolan species, I think I already said that, but oh well. Um, He has a lifetime contract with Jabba that pays him like exclusively in food. So um, (laughs) he has like an endless stomach. So he just keeps eating and he keeps eating. This is kind of why he's like, not that mobile. Um, (laughs) And that's like how their species works is um, it, he doesn't like, a lot of the rest of his group doesn't like that because they don't get, Money either. Oh, he made the contract so it's just all food based. Oh, no, so pretty there's
0: much... like 12 other members in that band,
1: mm-hmm. they're pretty much all stuck at Jabba's Palace forever. Since he's like, Well, we got food, and they're like, Well, we can't really leave because we have food. <laughs> <laughs> it's the power of the free meal, guys. <laughs>
0: um, But in Star Wars, there's no such thing as a free meal.
1: Wow. So interestingly enough, um, after the Galactic Civil War, so after the events of Return of the Jedi, he quit the music business entirely and opened up a chain of successful restaurants throughout the galaxy. And his uh, main one is on Coruscant, where he retired to a life of luxury. Wow.
0: I'm actually pretty proud of him. (laughs) I know.
1: Like, he totally (laughs) rose above everything. So good for him. (laughs) Good job, Max Rebo. Yeah. So number seven, Max Rebo or Cerulean Falante,
0: <laughs> because
1: he's a blue elephant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so number six on our list is Dazan, And so we're back to the cantina. He is um, he's featured in an iconic shot where his head kind of pops up and he starts dancing around. He's got big uh, golden eyes. Hemdazan is an Arcana male alien who became stranded on Tatooine after he spent all of his money on salt and jury juice. And so I looked up what jury juice is and it's served at the cantina. It's made out of Rodian blood. And so Rodian is the species that like Greedo and yeah. Was was his cousin's name Beto? Greedo and Beto? I think so. Anyway, yeah. that That's made so, of their blood. Here's the thing.
1: This is what I love about the Star Wars universe so much is that you just said so I wasn't sure what jury juice was so I looked it up and the ingredients <laughs> are like you can like, that's how in depth this universe is is mm-hmm. that you can find like a juice that like you can then look up the juice that they're drinking at
0: the cantina and it's not just blue milk anymore <laughs> no <laughs> And now green milk. We have green milk. That is true. Yeah. So the and the internet couldn't explain this to me, but the jury juice that he drank actually is what turned his eyes golden, um, and it made his hands kind of shake. Um, and so that's what he spent all his money on. So he was he was trapped on Tatooine. Um, there's a couple other of um, the Arcona aliens from his species that are featured in the Clone Wars cartoon, um, including a notable bounty hunter. But uh, Hemdazan is one of our our notables for being stuck in the cantina after wasting all of his money. Oh, He should have worked out a deal like Max Revo for know, the food. I know, for food. But that was a,
1: <laughs> that's a, I mean, a whole different section of Tatooine. And, that you is. know,
0: you're in debt to a gangster at that point. So
1: <laughs> maybe he did the right thing. I don't know. Who's to
0: say? So... Now we're about halfway through the list, and there's there's so many of these background aliens. There's and so many. We've we've barely even left one planet of the galaxy for these characters, but... Have, uh, have we left one planet? I don't think so. I, I think, think we, we're all on I think we've le- Tatooine. Oh, my gosh. Well, so... <laughs> our honorable mentions, we wanted to honor kind of the most background of the background aliens in the films, mm-hmm. the Bothans, the many Bothans. <laughs> so... This is kind of infamous. A lot of people know uh, when Mon many Mothma... Many Bothans died to bring us this information. <laughs> many Bothans died. But Mon Mothma never kind of explains how or why. Uh-huh. Um, but in in Return of the Jedi, their sacrifice is noted as being instrumental in helping to get the plans for the Death Star 2 mm-hmm. so the Rebel Alliance could launch an assault. Um, and it was also noted that the Bothans also gave the Rebels the door code for the shield generator bunker on Endor... But we we don't get to see them. So they sacrificed so much and they brought so much to the
1: rebellion. When we were putting together <laughs> this particular podcast, Kitty was like, the Bothans, like they were one of the first people or, or species on her list. And we were like, but we're doing such specific aliens that we can't also have the Bothans. The like, many which, Bothans. Like, <laughs> which Bothan? Um, but anyway, this like so we decided to put them as honorable mention because they are so important to the story of, you know... The, galac- the, the fall of the Galactic Empire, but like we don't even know who they are. So they are the background, background, background characters. Yes. Also, this is one of my like huge contentions as a nerd. Like <laughs> when they, uh, when Rogue One was coming out, everyone's like, we're finally gonna see the Bothans. And I was like,
0: wrong Death Star guys. But there's just, there's just so many Death Stars. Yeah, so many Death Stars. But uh, thank you for all of your sacrifice, Bothans. You are our honorable mention. <laughs>
1: Amazing. So number five, we skip a, we skip ahead in time to The Force Awakens, which introduces us to Sidon Inthano, who is also known as the Crimson Corsair, the Blood Buccaneer, and the Red Raider. You might know him from Maz uh, Kanata's Her Watering Hole, where he is talking to Finn in the background, and he has that really cool-looking red helmet, like the big red helmet that looks like it curves up on both sides, and mm-hmm. then it has another peak on top. Well... He is a male Defildian Defeldian Defeldian
0: I'm gonna take your word for it. Yes,
1: <laughs> he's a pirate who lived in the Outer Rim territories for decades, and so everybody knew uh, him because he wore that distinct red caliche mask. And his um, his crew of pirates had like the worst repute worst or best, depending on your definition of like how you see pirates. They were some of the most p- prominent pirates in the galaxy. In fact, they uh, raided a-, a lot of places under the impression that they would find kyber crystals to build basically like pirated or fake lightsabers because they would not be for jedi they would be weapons for count dooku and um like other people to wield these that would not be jedi so that is sedan and thanu you see him in uh, maz katan oh i forgot do you know a really cool like sideshow collectibles Sideshow tie-in to Sidon and Thano. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> how, how, do, how do we connect the galaxy to, to Sideshow? <laughs> <laughs> so Sudan and Thano's, um and Thano's ship is called the New Gilliland. <laughs> and that's actually Star Wars canon. You guys can all look it up. It's called the New Gilliland. Oh, my goodness. As in Tom Gilliland. Wow, you're welcome. Wow,
0: but this so, is but that's the new one. That's the new Gilliland. That's the new Gilliland. I
1: I don't know who piloted
0: the original. <laughs> Where was the old Gilliland? I don't know.
1: Let's let's not go there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a cool. That's a cool it's little. A cool little fun fact. Fun fact. Um. So number five is Sedan Ithano I can't even. Pr- I picked him and I can't pronounce his name.
0: <laughs> well, I've got my work cut out for me with this next one because this one's a little hard to say. Number four on our list is re yeez and re is a spoofed spelling of three eyes because he is a three-eyed alien. He's a Gron or a Gran who worked for Jabba the Hutt. Um, he's and he's you'll recognize him if you see him cuz he's got the three eyes in a weird triangular pattern in his face. Um in Jabba's palace, he was responsible for taking care of Boobo, the Frog Dog. <laughs> and Ries hated Jabba the Hutt, but not as much as Bubo hated Ries. So he was in charge of watching Jabba's dog, basically. And there was some animosity there. <laughs> Bubo? Bubo. It's short what? for Buboicular, Kular. Okay. But I didn't want to put that down. But I just said it anyways. Um, <laughs> I was like bu- Boobo, like in Clash of the Titans. <laughs> That's awesome. <all I laughs> no, did. it's like the it's like the intergalactic <laughs> version of like Fido. I no, guess. I, I guess. <laughs> So I, I think I thought it was a funny note that that Riyiz hated Jabba, but not as much as the dog hated Riez. Oh, um, but Yiz enjoyed the palace life. He he was eagerly cheering for the rancor when people were dropped into the pit, and then he actually rode on the sail barge to the great pit of carcoon, but he was destroyed along with it. So Aww. that was the end of his employment.
1: Lock, lock. Number three is actually like our first Force-sensitive person on this list, yeah? Um, There are so many members of the Jedi Order and the Jedi Council and the Jedi Masters that are sort of background aliens, but none of them are my favorite. So um, I picked Isla Sakura, who is a Twi'lek female. Twi'lek, Twi'lek. I used to say Twi'lek as a kid, and then I was corrected to Twi'lek. I've always said Twi'lek. Okay, so it's probably Twi'lek. Um, and she was a Jedi Master who served as a gen- Jedi General during the Clone Wars. Um, so she fought alongside so many of her soldiers throughout the galaxy, from Geonosis to Quell to Coruscant and to Fallujah. And as the war drew to an end, the clones uh, the the clones were instructed under Order sixty six to get rid of the Jedi. <laughs> And Sakura was actually one of the first to be purged, as we saw in Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. And it was very sad because she was really cool. Um, But during her life, you know, she had a much bigger storyline throughout the Clone Wars cartoon. And yes, this is one that I feel like people might argue with me on the whole like background character (laughs) but if you're just going on the movies she really doesn't say anything so um she's also just she's the blue one who just looks really (laughs) awesome so like a cool thing is that she worked uh the actress who played her in uh Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith actually just was doing special effects for Lucasfilm and he thought she looked cool enough to put in the movie. So then she Wow. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a really cool side story. So um So she was a background kind of yeah, character. Yeah, She was
0: there. So number three is Isla Sakura. All right. So number two on our list, we're we're still in the prequel zone actually now. Um Tan Wei or Ton Wee. Um, Tan Wee was a female Kaminoan who served as the aide to the prime the Prime minister, Lama Su. Um, and you might recognize this species from when Obi-Wan Kenobi arrives on Kamino. These are the long, tall, um, kind of – they kind of look ethereal, aliens. With yeah, they
1: definitely the- float instead of walk. Yes. Like they just look – otherworldly and, so,
0: and they are yeah <laughs> that's because they're aliens yeah,
1: it's like we're talking about them
0: so as a Camino, and her people accepted the commission from sifo ds to produce an army of clones for the galactic republic and and she was smart as an as an aide to the prime minister and she was very gentle but she was also a little naive because she arranged the meeting between jango fett and obi-wan not realizing that when obi-wan arrived he had no idea about the clones, mm-hmm. and, yeah, uh, I always I always
1: questioned that because I feel like she maybe should have picked up on some social cues there, but you know, <laughs> I always let it go for different species, different social cues, different society,
0: you know absolutely, but otherwise, she was just like, "Here, let me take you to this army of uh, thousands of identical Django fets." so uh, her naivety kind of allowed obi-wan to to enter the clone factory and and that's and that's that and that's that <laughs> so Tonway is number two on our list so number one is also
1: another one I feel like I'm gonna get argued with about <laughs> because I don't know that you can say you're a background character if you helped co-pilot the Millennium Falcon <laughs> um, number one is Nien Num uh, he first made his appearance in Return of the Jedi and is associated with uh, the House of Organa Um And he was, like, so integral in destroying the second Death Star in terms of, you know, he and Lando Calrissian flew the Millennium Falcon into the second Death Star in order to collapse the core. So he just didn't say a lot, you know? (laughs) And even since then, he went on to, he was, like, fiercely, fiercely loyal to Leia Organa of Alderaan. And even up until she was a general, you can still see him in the background of The Force Awakens mm-hmm. and The Last Jedi fighting in her fleet because that's how much he believed in her cause. So it's a pretty cool thing to like take a character that, you know, just kind of laughs next to Lando in mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, and then expand his story into these, you know, the new trilogy because of his loyalty to, to the general. And yeah. that's—it's kind of amazing to to think about that. So for me, Nien Nam, just because of you know his loyalty to Leia, his com- like his companionship to Lando, and his contributions to the Rebellion and then to the Resistance, give him the number one spot on our list. So hopefully, we'll be able to see a little bit more of Nien Nam moving forward, and maybe he'll actually get like some lines. I guess he speaks a different language throughout. He speaks Celestin. Yeah, exactly. He speaks a different language and um two separate people like uh were brought together in order to like speak for him, which is
0: pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Um so yeah, that's that's number 1 on our list.
0: So I'm going to have the job of trying to recap our list with yeah, have all with the str- all the strange <laughs> and uh amazing names and characters. So in case you missed any of this or, or you just want to hear it again, our honorable mention was the Bothans, the many Bothans as many the ultimate Bothans. ultimate background characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, number 10 was Cardu Sai Malak. Number 9 was Garindan. Number 8 was Cabe. 7, Max Rebo. 6, Hemdazan. 5, Sidon Ithano. 4, Ri 3, Isla Sakura. 2, Tanwi and one Nia Numb. I feel like I could have made up some names and just like yeah, slipped them in there. Yeah, you just could have like said gibberish. And then I was, like,
1: <laughs> I was like, actually, now that you say Cabe next to all of these other names, I'm pretty sure you're right and it's Cabe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Help us settle, settle our debate. Mm-hmm. So that was the geek culture countdown for the top 10 Star Wars background aliens. And we want to know if any of our picks matched yours or if we were kind of Far, far away from... I feel like we
1: need to do another one of these. We do. (laughs) I feel like we probably should have done this one, like the background characters on Tatooine. In the even background cantina <laughs> even. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we could have
0: done the whole cantina and then also Jabba's palace. It's pretty tough to pick from an entire galaxy True. Of, that has to be populated mm-hmm. with so many colorful and crazy background characters. So for sure, we'll have to come back to this topic at some point. Soon. Yeah. And, and check out the comics and the books to see which of your favorite background characters maybe even got a little bit more backstory yeah. about their how they spent all their money or why the heck they have to keep playing music for Jabba the Hutt. Because <laughs> that's amazing. I know. (laughs) So be sure to check out our blog and tell us your favorite Star Wars background aliens at GeekSideShow.com. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to let your geek side show. This has been your Geek Culture Countdown. For more ad-free pop culture news and content, visit GeekSideShow.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to let your geek side show.